Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. Well, uh, we are speaking all things business and uh, finance uh, this evening. Uh, we are looking at uh, Eswatini's economic outlook. Uh, our guest, uh, Kukule Tujikaba, chairperson of Adama Holdings, and Amandla Omnato is joining us uh, from Swaziland. And he's boasting, saying the connection is crisp and clear in Swaziland. And on top of that, <laughs> load shedding he has not experienced since he arrived. Nongosi. Thank you for boasting. You are not making things easy for us who are in the dark right now. <laughs> Good evening, Nunkulelego and the uh, ATMs at home. Indeed, uh, there is no load shedding. That is what one is experiencing in Swaziland. And uh, it's really lovely being here. It's cool and nice, um, unlike way back at home. <laughs> what takes you to Swaziland before we speak about its economic outlook? Actually, um, you would be surprised that even through this show, a lot of our listeners are listening uh, to us in Switzerland. Each time we speak at night about the issues that pertain to the economy, and uh, they've been looking at the work that we're doing at Amanda Omnoto, and they've been always asking that, can we come over and share experiences with them, assist them with the programs that we are rolling out in South Africa. As you know, that we're very pragmatic. We do not want talk shops and talk all day long. We're saying people must be actively involved in their yeah, economies and be entrepreneurial and really help our country, our continent, uh, you know, to to own up uh, to these great resources that we're having. And that's exactly what has brought us here, to have some discussions with entrepreneurs um, and see how do we help one another. See, the Swaziland political climate has been very, very touch and go, very scanty, very scary. Uh, shootings of uh, human rights activists and protests. Um, how has this crippled uh, the economy of Swaziland? Yeah, I, I, I think that has really had a negative impact uh, in Swaziland in more than one way. As you are saying, you know, um, if if there is no peace and stability in a country, really that becomes um, um, a, a recipe for disaster, as it were, because it tends to, uh, you know, repel people who want to come into a country and say we want to invest. And it tends to bring this very negative outlook which investors don't want, both local investors and investors from outside the country, like Swaziland. I obviously am not a politician, but because we deal with economy and entrepreneurship, it's things that we cannot avoid um, in the broader scheme of things to say, we've been observing that. However, ours in the main has really been to help the, the, the guy and the person that is down there um, at Piggy's Peak, at Ntazache, at Mbabane, uh, who says, I want to do business and help my family and help myself and sustain uh, myself and, and pass that business to the next uh, uh, generation.
Look, um, Swaziland being landlocked um, between Mozambique and South Africa, their economy, um, well, let's say their currency firstly, uh, Maloti, which is uh, still equivalent to the rand, if I'm not mistaken, is is clearly uh, benefiting from something. However, economic activity is not that uh, boisterous at the current moment. Very, very true, Mantuli. You know, Swaziland has only 1.2 million people, and its geographical size is 17,364 square kilometers, which is a little uh, more than Kangala district if in comparison, you know, in South Africa. It's a very small country uh, with unemployment rate of 23%. You're right in saying that, that um, it's a landlocked country, and with such a small population size, um, which really, in my view, um, does need to look not in itself, within itself to develop and to grow economically, but it must look at uh, its neighbors around, um, you know, as to how those neighbors, it can service them. Your big neighbors in this instance is South Africa and Mozambique, because it neighbors in the main those two countries. South Africa has, what, 60 million people, Mozambique, uh, 34. If you combine that, it's literally close to 100 million or so, 94 million people that Swaziland is really um, surrounded by. So as part of intra-Africa trade, which is what we drive as well, it's very important in my view for Swaziland to position itself in such a manner that it doesn't only rely in its internal capacity to grow economically and feed this small population. But Swaziland, um, just like some of the countries in the SADC region, still import a lot of uh, their products and goods from South Africa in particular. And for me, when you look at the balance of trade, it really everything seems to be favoring South Africa. But in terms of the balance of trade of different countries, you've got to try and balance uh, the trade that happens between countries in such a manner that a particular country should at least thrive on its comparative advantage, which Switzerland has some of those, to be able to feed South Africa and feed Mozambique and thereby grow its economy and ensure that it really um, thrives by all accounts because of these big neighbors that it has. Mm. Now... <laughs> What is the current, um, you know, contributing factors to the GDP of Swaziland? The, the contributing factor really is, uh, you know, Swaziland is, is, a, is a small economy, as we have said, but it has got diversified economic activity. In this instance, you will have in the main your agriculture, forestry, and the mining, which accounts for 30% overall. And uh, you have got your manufacturing, which has to do with textiles, sugar-related uh, uh, businesses uh, in areas that uh, are in the lower south of Swaziland. That will be your Mkhume, your Simunye Big Band. Um, and when you look at your rural other areas, that is Pofaneni and Janeni. And by the way, Swaziland is very rich with water, uh, Manduli. It doesn't lack water, especially in this side, on this side of Swaziland, where we are Babane, Piggy's Peak, Nkazache, and many other, uh, and part of Manzini areas. There is lots of water 
whose source is South Africa as it flows down. So when you then look at the entire Swaziland economy, those uh, sectors I've just mentioned, talk textile and sugar. And, and lately, sugar has become a key factor in the entire Swaziland economy because uh, textile and sugar represents about 37% of its GDP, whereas the mining aspect and forestry and agriculture, which agriculture needs to be activated a lot more than what is happening at the moment, represents 13%. And then the, the remaining 50% is obviously government. And I was talking to some entrepreneurs here who are meeting even tomorrow. Uh, you, you, They are saying we are lacking markets and we need to be assisted in that regard. And therefore, if the, the focus can be on that alone, I believe Swaziland's economy, especially on rural uh, places of Swaziland, can rise to more than 13% as we have at the moment. Hmm. Now, uh, the issue of land in Swaziland is one that's quite interesting. Um, like you say, agriculture and forestry is uh, one of the biggest contributors to their GDP. Um, uh, let's talk about the title deed lands. Yeah, the, 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 the title deed lands, as far as I have been informed, is into two categories. The first one is obviously people who would have bought the land and they have got title deeds. But it works in a similar way when it comes to some of the places in South Africa where much of the land is under the tribal authority, okay, where people will have what uh, uh, permissions to occupy and they're able to farm their, their, their land based on the traditional laws that the country has. That's exactly the case with Swaziland, where a lot of land is still sitting in the hands of His Majesty or the traditional authority. And that land uh, must be utilized, Manduli. We've been making comparisons for a number of years now where if you were to compare our structure in South Africa vis-a-vis Swaziland, vis-a-vis, you know, Zambia, um, in Zambia, the banks are able to fund land freely that is in the hands of traditional authority and at times, it's some of the banks that we have in South Africa, which in South Africa cannot fund some of that land because they will tell you long stories about, you know, that land, you don't have the title deed, and yet they're able to do it in Zambia. So same thing here in Swaziland. We've got land that is in the traditional areas which people can utilize. And I think that's where funding institutions of Swaziland and SADC and if the institutions that are now aligned to our BRICS group of countries, because as South Africa, we are not just representing ourselves in this BRICS formation, but we are representing Africa. And Af- and some banks like Afrexim, which are part of the intercontinental trade, the AFTA, those are some of the institutions that must come and assist uh, such areas which really need funding support because as you and I always talk about on this show, funding, funding, funding is always the key feature in everything we're talking about when it comes to economic development. You know, with the 75% of the population in Swaziland being employed in subsistence agriculture on uh, Swazi national land, what does this tell us about the possibilities of investments and productivity in the country? It did really, in my view, uh, says um, 
there, there is a lot more that can be done and you can even have more employment created within uh, that agricultural space. Like I said, you know, we have uh, with the 23% unemployment rate in a small population like Swaziland, I think if the potential of agriculture could be looked into, uh, it could really slash it uh, by half in literally a, a few years' time if there could be that particular focus um, placed on the economic activity of agriculture. You see, I'm, we, we're discussing practical solutions here to say uh, Swaziland, just like the, its neighboring Wazulu Natal here as a province, does have a lot of goats, you know, and and therefore goat industry must thrive here. Yeah? Uh, the forward and backward linkage of such an industry, as an example, should thrive, where you have got tanneries created and you've got processing facilities, you've got the breeding of goats, breeder stock, uh, uh, you know, and, and all of those things, including sheep, by the way. Like I've said, because of the abundance of water, irrigation is not much of an issue as well because agricultural activity requires that at least there must be irrigation. We're talking even about the Moringa plants, which we are setting up in South Africa, that one of those must be set up here as an example in Swaziland. Get the Swazis to... Swatis to put to sort of like plant moringa, plant medicinal herbs, do all of those more small activities to be able to really uh, drive their, their economic activity. You can literally get more people being employed and not just being employed with low wages, which is unfortunately the case at the moment, but with better wages and better salaries. Let's take a bit of a break and we will be back. So earlier on, when I was mentioning the currencies, um, I accidentally said the, the Lotte. And uh, my Lotte is for Lesotho. Thank you, Atima, for reminding me. I'm human, guys. I'm human and I'm Gakowish. I'm going through a lot. Uh, the currency is Lelangeni. Uh, uh, in Swaziland. And we're looking at the economic climate right now. Our guest, uh, who is Okukule uh, Tukaba, chairperson of Adama Holdings and Amandla Omnoto, is currently in Eswatini uh, to uh, gather up other entrepreneurs and uh, find uh, workable ways to work together. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Nduli. Still in conversation with Gugule uh, Tukaba, chairperson of Amandla Omnoto. Uh, A-team is, uh, this conversation is one that's quite interesting. Nongosi, uh, so the, the, the entrepreneurs that you are meeting with and uh, the, the, the sort of discussions you're going to be having with them, are they going to talk about how we can start trading between the two countries, making trading easier for us? Definitely, Manduli. Um, you see, intra-Africa trade, we should be able to own it as Africans in the entire African continents from our respective different countries. The Agenda 2063 of the AU um, and all of those uh, prescripts, which are very important for us as Africans, as we look to the great future, it is the future that we need to create we should go out and 
preach that intra-Africa trade and not just leave it to politicians or politics as well as to the so-called big people. We are the ones we've been waiting for. And we are the ones that we are waiting for. Every one of us has to take a responsibility and make it their job that we should go out there and do what is necessary for the unity of Africans. And I really believe that this is what we are about here, wherein we are saying, as brothers, we've actually been to Ghana before, we've been to Nigeria, we've been to uh, Zambia, uh, doing exactly the same thing, to say, how do we work together? We, we actually have been to Zambia where we were looking at their program of Kwei, you know, to be able to say, let's get such activity of economy happening where some farmers will farm quail. So this is why we are here and we believe that as we're engaging with the entrepreneurs and some of them are really hearing this inter-Africa trade thing almost for the first time. You know, you would think people are, are aware of what is happening out there in our beautiful continent. And that's why I'm saying we should become the evangelists and preachers of the very same message because this is about the unity of Africans their movement and being able to trade one with another. I heard you speak about Moringa and uh, I know that you're having a Moringa lecture uh, later on uh, this, um, oh, the beginning of next month, in fact. Tell us about it and yeah. if we are able to join in. Thank you so much, Manduli. We have got the Moringa lecture on the 1st of March, 2023 in Durban at Onomo Hotel. Uh, and uh, definitely everyone is welcome. There's registration fees and all of that to it. It's right there on our website at Kanye uh, and uh, some speakers from Germany as well as from Gauteng, the president of Moringa Association, will be there, including myself, addressing people about not only Moringa, but medicinal herbs, a family uh, of all helps to say how can people participate in farming and making sure that they 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 seize this industry because it's it's almost like a new industry and we'll be soon moving into polofia some of the very great trees that uh, will take five years to plant and ensure that we again teach people about all such things when it comes to economic activity of agriculture Hmm. Okay, thank you so very much for joining us. Enjoy Swaziland. Uh, FOMO is uh, what is killing us right now since you don't have the issue of load shedding there. Uh, but yeah, we'll definitely be following on uh, the Amanda Omnoto social media pages. Thank you very much, Nongos. Thank you, Mandulunga. <laughs>